and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. This week, we have an amazing woman for you, Abby Wynn. Abby is one of the world's leading lights in the field of shamanism, psychotherapy, and energy healing. She is based in Ireland and is a best-selling author for Hay House, Gill Books, and Llewellyn Worldwide. Abby's powerful core teachings work towards empowering individuals to do their inner work with strength and courage, whilst creating a structure and foundation that will guide them. Do you feel weighed down by life, suffer from anxiety, or have difficulty managing your emotions? Are you unhappy and want to transform something in your life? Do you feel lost and need a helping hand to guide you through a difficult time? Or do you simply find that you don't have the energy or enthusiasm for the things that you love? It's possible that you're investing your life force energy outside of yourself and you are running on empty. Just like a car sitting on the side of the road, you have the potential to go anywhere you want, but you just can't get there because you need to fill up your fuel tank. Abby Seath sees things in terms of power and she asks you this question what are you putting your power into right now because you can take your power back and live the life you want it's now time to connect with this one very soulful being enjoy So today, as always, we have a super amazing guest for you, Abby Wynn, all the way from Dublin, Ireland. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much. Such a long way to travel to be here. It is. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm delighted you found me. Oh, no. And we were just having a bit of a giggle of uh, Abby made, made a, a note that we're so far away, yet it sounds like she's right next door to me. I know. Isn't the internet amazing? That's why I love what I do, because I could work with people from all around the world. And, you know, it, I've discovered that everyone's pretty similar, even though we can be in a different place. So it's wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Abby, as we always love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So tell us how you got to where you are today. Do you know, as you're saying this, I'm remembering that I was very stressed. I had had a child, another child. No, I had two children. I've got four children. I just have to figure out when it was. So I had two children and I was in between, you know, stressing with jobs and we went away for a weekend and I was lying on a massage table and I had done counseling before. 
And so I was lying there and I got a massage to relax. My husband had the two kids in the swimming pool and they were off having fun. And at the very end of the session, I started to feel like the waves of the ocean were crashing on top of me and I was losing focus and control and I was totally shocked and stunned and I stopped and I put my hands on the, on, on the table and I opened my eyes and all the woman was doing was holding her hands over my body. And I said to her, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm just closing off the massage with Reiki. I'm like, I don't know what Reiki is and you didn't ask my permission to do that. What is that? It's making me feel sick. So um, she apologized, didn't realize it would have such an impact on anybody. I guess for me, that particular moment was when it was really clear to me that when you're a therapist, such as I am, you have to be incredibly clear and specific as to what it is that you're offering and what you do so that everybody has an awareness and a knowledge of this. But the, the, the depth of the reaction, the emotional reaction that I had made me go and investigate what Reiki was. And I went and I had a few sessions with some local practitioners and I realized that that was what was missing for me up to that point. Because for anyone who's listening, we live in our mind we do lots of thinking, we do lots of reorganizing, we can make sense of everything, but our emotional body can't catch up as quickly. The feelings that we carry, you know, they need time to process and just doing it from your mind doesn't do that. So when I, when I got back, you know, into work and realizing that Reiki really was an amazing thing. I learned how to do it and then I learned how to do shamanism and then I became a psychotherapist as you do. And I figured, okay, the psychotherapy is for the mind, the Reiki, the energy work is for the emotional body, but there must be a way to weave them all together. So I guess my unique key point is that I can't leave somebody in distress and say to them, okay, well, I'll see you next week and off you go. And that's what happened to me. And, you know, lots of people, I even had a client today who said that in her counseling sessions, they dig up the past and then they say goodbye, see you next week. And you're left sitting in a pool of your emotions. So I thought to myself, well, how do you weave all of this stuff together? So I came up with, with a way to do it. It's, it's not so easy to explain, you know, in, in this introductory part. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll just say this much that Bringing the heart, the mind, the soul, uh, you know, all together for me is the only way that you can make deep transformational changes that stick. And I'm talking about ones that you do it. You, you say, I've done it and you move on to the next stage of your life and you make such rapid progress from that point because you're not always going back in those patterns and having to relive and remember and, uh, and get stuck there because you've caught up with yourself. So that, that was quite a long answer. I don't know if that makes oh, sense. Absolutely. I, and I've heard that so many times uh, with psychology or even psychotherapy, uh, uh, psych uh, psychiatrists, sorry. Same thing, like you say, they, they unpack the past and then you leave uh, the premises feeling uh, you know, out of whack or highly emotional. So I just want to ask a quick question, Abby. So you're saying that the psychotherapy works with the mind, the Reiki works with the emotion, and I guess the shamanic aspect is working with the soul. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I, but but here's the thing, you see, shamanism, is, is there's a lot of mythologies around shamanism. Nobody really knows what it is. And, and, and you can have this idea in your head, you know, of the, the, the aboriginals, 
with you know in earth and that's that that's that's medicine people or you've got the american indians or you know or again there's the sweat lodges or you have to take some kind of substance and all of that is shamanism that's not what shamanism is to me what shamanism is to me is that deep connection to yourself a deep connection to nature and the environment and then to be able to be in the moment to be with what is without words it's very zen you know, because in Zen, the Zen mind is all about no thought. So it's about the feeling. It's about the beingness. And so the the Reiki, actually, the more work I do, I realize that Reiki energy healing is all shamanism. Wow. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hear the Reiki practitioner saying, oh, I, need, I feel like I need to put my hands on your legs and then I'm drawn to go up to your head and you're moving. That, that's being shamanic. That's going with the flow of the energies. It's not having to, to analyze it, but it's, it's being in motion and it's just completely beautiful. It really is. I love that because that's something completely different and unique to what I understood shamanism was. And you're right, I've heard and we've had a few people on the show that talk about, you know, going to Peru and taking ayahuasca and all of those things uh, to actually have this revelation, this, you know, opening up Pandora's But you know what, box. I mean, here's the thing, yeah, you know, you know you have a dream and you wake up and you write down your dream and we could go into then psychology psychoanalysis what's the dream saying what does it mean and you know if you can get your dream dictionary out which to me then creates the meanings for you mm. and you know you have two two little children somebody gets bitten by a dog and somebody's best friend is a dog you dream of a dog it really is an individual thing but here's the other the other piece of shamanism, the piece that I have woven in, the piece that I've realized that maybe not so many people realize is that the dream is your unconscious or your subconscious mind speaking to you. But the shamanic journey is you then going into that landscape and healing something there. And then by doing it when you're lucid and awake, when you're in control, it's like you step into a magical fairyland where anything is possible. And you can go in to your own subconscious go and speak to your soul and tell your soul it's okay we're safe you know or this is healed now or we've forgiven this you know you can imagine somebody with a big block you know you can go in there and you get your hammer out and you actually smash an actual block until it's gone and you feel it in your body intrinsically the healing in there happens as you do it so it's you working in your subconscious while you're awake and I think when you hand your power over to a substance like ayahuasca and you go into the slipstream of the universal consciousness, it's great, but you're not healing. You're just the observer. It's like, you know, Disney World and you get on mm -hmm. a ride and you're going and you're seeing all, all the things around you and it's wonderful. And, and for me now, we can go into our own souls that we can go into the collective. We don't need the substance. However, there is a place for it when it's done correctly. And I, I but I, I've never done it. I've never needed to. Mm. I've had uh, a teacher experience it and tell us all about it, and which it sounded really. It's it, it's how she came up with her technique, uh, her healing technique actually uh, was through ayahuasca. So when you were talking about blocks, so I know that you do clearing abundance blocks. So is that taking an individual? Because I'm asking this question because I'm sure our listeners are also curious. Is that some taking somebody through a visualization or what exactly do you do? Uh, obviously. Uh, clear, you know, we're clearing the block. Do you do a, a work with the soul to clear the block, or how does that work? Yeah, it's really interesting. And uh, as 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 
I said at the beginning of this that we're all very similar, but we're all also incredibly complicated. And so for each person, it's going to be a little bit different. I have these free uh, SoundCloud meditations, and one of the biggest ones, the one that's played the most, is called Clearing Financial Fear. So if anyone's listening to this and they want to look me up on SoundCloud, they can have a go at that. It's only a, you know a short one. But basically, any block in you, we're talking about all of the different aspects of us, is created when you're not in alignment. So when your mind is convinced of something and is, you know, 100%, I, I can take the money, I want the money, your heart or, or your gut, or there's some aspect of you is going, no, I can't have money, money's bad, then that's the block. And then by going into the part of you that doesn't want it, the part that's not in alignment, and just sitting with it, having a cup of tea with it, having a chat with a piece of yourself, not the whole of yourself, but just this one piece that says, I'm afraid of the responsibility if all this money comes in. I'll have to look after everybody in my family. I'll have to do, you know, whatever the conditioning is to know what it is, to be able to say, okay, this is a thing. And what do I need to do in order to clear or heal or shift or transform this thing? And, you know, so it works not just for abundance blocks, but even for creativity blocks, you know, but, you know, the, the book I'm going to write and it has to be this and it has to be that. Or or even when your father says you're never going to be good at anything or, you, you know, all those things and they, they hide inside of you. And it's a question of just bringing out compassion, being with yourself in a gentle way and going into that landscape of you and seeing, well, what is it that's in the way of me having love in my life, me having money in my life, me even allowing myself to be happy. You know, I had clients who won't allow themselves to be happy because there's somebody in their family that's sick or there's somebody, you know, and they feel guilty about being happy and free and fresh and, and light and bright in their lives because somebody's sick. Until I explained to them, well, if you're happy and bright, then you shine your light really brightly and that brings into the world your energy at its truest potential and that reminds people that they can do it too and that's bringing a light into a dark place and we need more of that. So sometimes it's a small tweak like that, other times you can be digging into the subconscious and, 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 and literally with an axe hammering blocks and bricks and things like that or reorganizing things so so you know it depends on the person and and to just add another layer of complexity sometimes these things can be ancestral and sometimes it can be past life so to unwind and, and, and unweave yourself from those patterns is something that that I love doing with people so how do you, how does one know that whether it's actually their own creation or whether it's a program from an imprinting phase or whether it's ancestral? That's hard. And you know what? We're not meant to do life on our own. We're not meant to do life ourselves. And so it's interesting because we can get lots of information easily and quickly about other people, but not so easily and quickly about ourselves. Mm. So get help with this. You know, come, you know, t t if you if you have a pull to thinking this is a past life thing, it's usually better to get a witness, somebody to hold a space for you, even though you think you can do it yourself. It could be that a part of you needs to be seen, needs to be heard before you can release it. So uh, I'm really up for people getting help from good quality therapists who have experience you know because we aren't we, we're trying really hard to do all this ourselves we don't need to we need community we need our tribe we need support we need family you know and 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 that's that's really where I'm coming from anyway 
Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's really important, you know, whether you're a therapist or a coach or anything like that, it's important to actually assist, get some assistance because they're the individual that will shine light on the things that you won't see yourself because you're in it. Absolutely. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you can feel where the block is in your body by allowing yourself to be with it, and imagining it's like the gift that it is, that it will open up and you'll go deeper into it. It could have layers. It could be multidimensional. It could be something that, you know, I met somebody today who just is not going to be able to heal the thing that she wants to heal today. I said, you know, so just stop pushing and be with it and cherish it. There's there's gifts in in, in being still. There's gifts in in, you know, resistance. And just allow it to speak to you. And then you say, okay, I need some help with this. Who can help me? Universe, please show me. Universe, send me the right people. And, and then leave it at that and go off and do your daily things and, and something will come up because you have set yourself in alignment. You've set the intention and then you've opened it up. And that's what the law of attraction really is. You know, if you, if you are heart, mind and soul on the same page with something and you're asked for help with something, then help will come. And even if there's a saboteur in you, that's what you ask for help with. You know, why do I keep pushing things away? Why do I keep sabotaging myself? Ask for help with that. Because until you heal that, you'll never be able to receive what's there for you in the next stage. So true. I do that every time I run a class or a group. I'll always say, if there's a level of resistance right now, that's a fantastic lean into it because that's what we need to work with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And when I would start off, I say, okay, what are your fears around being well? Mm. And that, that's a big one for people. And that keeps us going for quite a while, too. So, Absolutely. So there's another thing that you talk about, and I think that probably links in with the ancestral piece that we were talking about, the shamanic soul retrieval. Talk us through that. Well, do you know the image of Aladdin and the lamp? So you have the lamp. And you rub the lamp and the genie comes out. So the lamp is you. The lamp is your body. The lamp is your life in this incarnation, for want of a better word. But there's more to you than that. There's huge amounts of soul essence, divine life force energy that comes in. And so as you learn your lessons and grow, you could imagine the lamp upgrades. And then more of your soul essence can come in so that you might feel somebody's presence in the room you know you can feel when somebody enters a building and then somebody else comes in and you don't even notice that they're there Mm -hmm. it's the amount of the soul energy the life force energy that's inside the vessel of our body that that we bring to the room but with that amount of life force energy we don't stay in our bodies you know we think about somebody that we love far away and our part of our soul essence flies over to them and surrounds ourselves with them or you go and you visit a friend who's upset and you feel bad and then you could leave some of your energy there and yeah. we leave bits and pieces of ourselves out, you know all around town and then if there's a traumatic event you know a piece of you can literally jump out of your body and never come back or you can actually be worn down. You, you can have the, the, the situation where you're going into work every day and it doesn't resonate and it's really hard. And you, it's like it, it wears you down over time that there's actually less life force energy in the vessel of your physical body than there was to begin with. And so a soul retrieval is where you go and you find all the pieces of this beautiful divine soul essence and bring it back 
for your client, but you can do this for yourself too by just saying, okay, I'm here. So you have to like, you drop the pin in the map to say in the GPS, this is where I am, but you do it across all space and time. And you say any soul pieces of mine that have, you know, that are not here, that are not with me, that have left for whatever reason, that feel safe to come back now, please come back now. Mm. And, you know, you can take those moments right now, if you're listening, even to just say, okay, yeah, let's give it a go. Any soul pieces of mine that have left me for whatever reason, across space and time, who feel safe to come back, you're welcome to come back now. And it's as if you start to feel more weighty in your body, kind of heavier, more substantial. Um, traditional core shamanism, you'd go off and you'd find the soul piece and the soul piece could say it's not safe to come back and you trap it in a crystal and you bring it back and you give it back to that person and then four days later it leaves again. I don't do that. You know, I sit with the soul piece and say, okay, why is it not safe to come back now? And usually what the soul piece will, will, will reveal is that the person is not looking after themselves to the level at which is required. And so that soul piece doesn't feel safe around this person because they get angry all the time or because they're not eating properly or because, you know, whatever it is that they're doing. So it's about changing you, making you that safe, warm, nourishing, nurturing place and then inviting the soul piece to come back again. And over time, I've actually had clients where the soul pieces line up and say, we're going to just watch, watch her. And see what she does and if if she says what she says she's going to do if she actually does what she says then we will stick around for longer and it, it, it's really beautiful feeling to feel more present in the world to feel more substantial in the world and and I think that's what a lot of people are missing right now oh that's I've never had it uh said that way I don't know if you've heard of forensic healing no, I haven't. No, and and she actually does a lot of soul work, but I've never heard of it uh, uh, said in that manner where the soul pieces choose not to come back into the body depending on how well you look after the body. I love that because I'm sitting here going, oh, gosh, I could do better with my eating. I could be better with, you know, a whole lot of things. Um, yeah, so but it's you interesting. have to also, you know, allow yourself to be human. And, you know, we're in balance. And in balance can be over several weeks or months where over the, the course of several weeks or months, you've 80% eaten well. You know, and you could have three weeks where you eat, real, you know, rubbish, but you're in emotional stress. And then it balances out over the rest of the year because you've you've done the right things there. It's not that pernickety however if you're living small and you've low self-confidence and you're sticking with I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do the other and then you expect this beautiful soul piece to want to be with you doesn't work that way so you can go and have the ayahuasca experience and the soul piece can come back but it will leave you can go to any other shamanic practitioner the soul piece will come back but it will leave and what I've learned is that if you want them to stick around it's like the difference between living in a messy, small house that's very badly decorated and not looked after or making a beautiful space with the light coming in and lots of lovely, plumpy cushions and, you know, lots of nice, co you know, sofas and comfort there. Mm. And it wants to come in and stay. And once you've, you know, you've amalgamated most of the soap pieces, then just like I was saying earlier, it's possible that you've ended a level in your life. You get an upgrade 
and then more soul pieces can come in, more creativity can come in, more joy and inspiration can come in. And that's a, that's an evolution. That's a transformation of, of growth. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. Mm. And on creativity, you have written quite a few books and I think you've got one coming out in April next year, Heal Your Inner Wounds. How do you get yes. to write so many books and do all the energy healing and the shamanic psychotherapy that would you, you do? Would you, believe, would you believe I just have a diary out for 2019 that's just come out called One Day at a Time and I have another book coming out in January, which is I think we've agreed on the little book of healing affirmations, which isn't a little book. It's actually quite a powerful book. So I have healing affirmations coming out in January and then Inner Wounds. But the inner wounds I wrote about a year ago, and it's because it's Llewellyn publications. It take a long time to publish the book from the end of the manuscript. And I just clear and clear and clear. It's like I'm saying, I go in and I clear the blocks. I clear what's in the way and what comes through me needs to come out from me to be shared. And so I just kind of tune into, well, what, what, where am I needed? What, what do I need to do today? And the information pours in. So at the moment, I'm actually realigning myself to be able to write another book which might seem to be very quick after writing two more but for me it's like I'm full I'm empty I'm full I'm empty what's next you know so I just keep going so I, I, I figure you know if you've read Elizabeth Gilbert's book Big Magic she has said it what I you know what we've been feeling what we've been knowing that ideas are outside of us these creative, beautiful thought forms, which I've spoken about thought forms, not with you, but but in the past, where, you know, somebody could leave bad energy in a room because they've been very angry and they've left an angry thought form in there. But there's also beautiful, creative thought forms. And it's like they're these beings of light that run around looking for somebody to bring them into form, to bring them into being. So if you are open and available and clear and willing then they'll come and they'll find you. They'll attach themselves to you and see how you go with it. It's fascinating. Mm, I love that. And when you talk about thought forms, it's a conversation we had quite some time ago. Sometimes it doesn't have to be um, – it's not always a negative thing. And I, I love the way that you put it. It could actually be somebody uh, – because we were talking about the actual the evil eye. So different cultures have different beliefs. And there's a friend of mine that what she does, she taps the inner palm every time somebody gives her a compliment. And I said to her, why do you do that? And she said, well, because it's just the evil eye. Somebody gives me a compliment. And I said, but it's a positive compliment, not a negative compliment. And she said, it's the same thing. So it, it's interesting when you talk about thought form, it's the same, whether it's good or bad, um, it's it's regardless, it's looked upon, different cultures I'm talking about. What are your thoughts around oh, that? Oh, Sure. My thoughts are all around frequency and vibration. Mm. And you're going to have the full spectrum of thoughts from I want to kill myself to I want to kill you to life is a, you know, is a disaster. Those are all low vibrational thought forms, but they're very powerful because there's so many people in the world who feed into them. It's like that story of the two wolves, you know, the nasty wolf and the nice one. Who's going to survive? The one you feed the most so I would focus on bringing myself up to the level of contentment, that the thought forms that I want to be surrounded with are love and peace and joy and inspiration, which is why I wrote the diary, because then you get affirmations peppered through it where you bring yourself into alignment with the affirmations. Things like, 
if I want beauty in the world, I can actively seek out beauty. The more beauty I deliberately bring into my life, the more beautiful my life can be. Instead of sitting there waiting for somebody to bring you flowers, go out there and get the flowers yourself. Mm. So then we have the higher level thought form, you know, higher vibrational thought forms of, you know, a prayer, writing a book about prayers or bringing in music and writing music that uplifts people instead of music that, you know, causes you to be chaotic. And it's what do you choose to tune into? And I find that these, these low vibrational energies can be peppered in and hidden in and woven into the fabric of your essence. And that's why in the healing session with me, what we would do is pull them out. Mm. make you make you know give you permission to receive the compliments without waiting for something to kick you from behind because you've received a compliment a compliment is high vibrational energy and the more you receive the better you feel the more you're able to give and it lifts everybody up Mm. so yeah so that's kind of how i think about about those things i mean sure you can feel the lower vibrations you don't need to engage with them but if you live your life worried that you're, you know, the evil eye is going to come and get you, then they will because you keep sending out the signal yes. of evil eye. You're sending out the signal of worry. Mm. Whereas I'd much rather be, you know, peaceful and, 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 and watching the sunset and petting my dog. And it's what Wayne Dyer said, you know, you have people who are angry and people who are happy. It's the same world. Mm. What do you pick to fill your world with? Yeah. And we really have to we really have to choose because at the end of the day, you know, in the world of social media of news, fake news, real news, true facts, I've never heard of an untrue fact because you know, because everything's perverted now and there's so much hatred. You get to pick, well, how much of your day do you want to feed with hatred? How much of your day do you want to fill with disaster? You know, or do you going to say, right, I'm going to build firm, strong boundaries around me because I want to have a peaceful life because this is the only life that I'm having as me. And yes, you know, there are things that we need to do. And there are things that, you know, if you feel called to go and help, go and help. But you don't have to absorb all of this negativity. You don't have to absorb any of it mm. to understand it and to want to change it. Yeah. And it goes back to, I remember um, there was a, um, uh, somebody did, a, there was some research around, you know, the difference between being pessimistic and an optimist. And they were talking about this, they did a, a an experiment where they sent people to see four weddings and a funeral. And the people that were uh, optimistic in nature, all they spoke about was the wedding. And the people that were pessimistic or negative in nature, all they talked about was the funeral. So it goes back to, it depends, on, I guess, on your point of focus. There are going to be some people that are really happy out there and there are going to be some people that are not so happy. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I, I don't think that there's a whole positive psychology. Look for the positive. Look for the I don't think that works either. Mm. And I think, you know, the Louise Hay idea, you look in the, in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. You say to yourself that I love myself and you're not feeling it. Mm. I would rather be real yep. than be positive. I would rather be real than be negative. Just being real and looking at yourself in the mirror and going, I'm OK. You say, oh, I'm not really happy to be me. Mm. But when you when you hit the note of what it is you're actually feeling, then you start from there instead of creating a gap between telling yourself you love yourself and knowing down deep that it's a load of crap and you don't. Mm. You know, when you reach that level where you look at yourself and say, it's OK to be me. I'm not too terrible. You know, I, I, I can tolerate myself. 
for me, that's when the biggest healing happened in my life, when I was able to reach, meet myself where I actually was rather than trying to kid myself. Mm. Because that provides the strong foundation for you to move forward. You say, okay, this was a lot of my affirmations, this new book that's going to come out, um, the healing, Book of Healing Affirmations, basically takes you from low vibrational, you know, find where you are. And then you can work your way back up again. So you say, I can, I can tolerate being with myself. If that's all you can do, at least you, you know, you come into alignment with that, so that you don't have to then treat yourself badly because you're angry at yourself because you're lying to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's, a, it's about being real with yourself. You say, okay, I have bad days. Today's a bad day. What can I do to look after myself? Instead of saying, I have bad days, today's a bad day, it's all my fault, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that, I'm, I'm so bad, I'm so, you know, it's, it's different. When you befriend yourself and you say, okay, today's going to be a difficult day, how can I help myself through this mm. so that I get through it and do all the things I need to do? Suddenly your life turns around because the biggest struggle that everybody has is with themselves. Life is a struggle anyway, but if you stop fighting you, then suddenly you've got a friend to get to help you get through there, you know. And then if you have another friend, great, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's true. And Abby, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, or it could even be that when you are having a bad day, I shouldn't be thinking that way. I shouldn't be feeling that way. And you start doing the whole guilt thing and, you know, completely the opposite. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think of all the wasted energy. What are you feeding when you're doing that? You're not feeding you. You're going around in circles and you're feeding the guilt and you're feeding the shame and you're feeding the idea that today's a bad day. You know, you could say, okay, there's actually not a bad day. It's just a day. And there's some stuff that's happening right now that's challenging and difficult. And I don't have to like it, but I will get through it. And instead of going, oh, look for the gifts and everything's wonderful and, you know, tomorrow will be better. And that's kind of like false. Let's say, okay, it is hard and I'm not enjoying this. So what can I do for myself to help myself? get through this to give myself the strength it's like the you know my my daughter now she's gonna be 11 she's 10 11 years old and she was asked to bring in a meme into school one of these pictures with words on it what's your favorite picture she went to my page and she chose the one that says prayers change you and you change things and she said that mama that's my favorite one that I've ever seen Mm. and I'm going okay so instead of praying for something to get fixed over there what you do is you pray for the strength that you need to be here. Mm. And then it's what you choose to do with the strength is up to you. You know, and that's the different way of thinking. It's being real about it, not saying, okay, positive, God's going to fix everything and everything will be grand. God's waiting for you to fix it. That's what the, le- the learning is about you finding the way to do mm. it. So you can say, okay, help me find the way. Give me the strength that I need to find the way. Give me the patience and the tolerance that I need to be able to, to, to get through this. You know, and that's for me is being real. It's not pessimistic. It's not optimistic. It's, it's authentic. Yeah. And that's people honor that now. People see that in other people now. And I don't know if, if you've seen, but all of these gurus and spiritual, you know, leaders have, have been shown now the ones that are not living that way, the ones that are not authentic. You can see it now. Yes. I agree. And people, people. And people know it now, you know, you're just going to try and sell me something, you know, Mm. so no, you have to be real now to get that feeling of realness, to Mm. be real. And so I've been sick and I told everybody I've been sick and people, how are you doing? I'm grand. It's been a struggle, but I'm a real person just like you. And we all go through challenges. And my gosh, you know, that the respect 
that we can have for each other when we peel away all the rubbish from our eyes and look at ourselves as we're all human beings and we're all trying to do the best that we can. And it gives you hope and inspiration for yourself if you're struggling to know that somebody else who you thought was a great healer or, you know, an accomplished author or whatever is actually suffering too. And we're all here together, you know, just ask for help and help will come. So true. And I think it's one of the things that I always say love to speak about is when you are being authentic, as I do a lot of leadership work as well. So when you are being authentic and being vulnerable, people uh, will lean in into your story and lean towards you because they see you've been authentic. They see that you've been over, uh, vulnerable and you've been transparent about how you feel about certain situations. That's the norm nowadays. It has to be. It has to be because we can't look at these saints and these celebrities and it's like they're on a different planet to us. And it's not inspiring when you see them there because you think I could never be like that. Mm, But then when you see a real person who's at, you know, who's who's on the ground with you, who has, you know, there's there's stuff going on for them, but they keep on going and they keep, you know, you say that that's inspiring, that's inspiring, you know, real people doing real things. You know, I think that's why people like Brene Brown are so you know doing so well because she's real and she talks about how fragile she is and she talks about her vulnerabilities and she shares about other people and people open up to her and realize that we're all the same and there's huge healing in that Mm. massive healing massive healing you stop you stop that talking like you were saying about I should be like this and I should be like that because you know you you don't have there are no shoulds Mm. you are where you are accept where you are and do the best you can with what you've got. And that's really what we need to be doing. Absolutely. There's another thing that I saw on your website, which I wanted to sort of unpack a little bit. You've got this thing about quick cutting exercise. Is that cutting the cords uh, that bind? Quick cord cutting exercise, yes. What I do with my clients in session would be deep energetic healing. Maybe they've wrapped themselves around their parents or a loved one and they've created these energy cords which drain them particularly for people who are empathic people who could feel other people's feelings who feel sorry or sad for somebody when they're not feeling good it's connecting your life force energy into somebody else's and it's it's literally going you know it's like being in a petrol station and somebody just comes up to you and fills their car from you instead of from the petrol pump you know Mm. so What happens when you're not aware of this is that you're going along your day to day. These energy cords start to form back themselves by themselves. And so you have to continually cut them until you train yourself into realizing that you don't need to do them anymore. Mm. So the quick, quick cord cutting exercise would be for people who would have already have done a deep release on energy cords and need something quick and easy you know, because I'm all about making it quick and easy to go, okay, they can do it themselves or they can get me to help them. But it's interesting you've said that because I've actually got an hour long healing session, which is also on my website, which does the deep work, which helps bring you into the space of where are the cords? What are they for? Do I need them? I give myself permission to let them go. And then with, with me as facilitator to, you know, enable people to release those cords. So if there's anyone listening who's like, oh, I need this, I need this. Start with the deeper one 
and do the deep work and then a quick cord cutting exercise is a free one and you just do that if you need you know like to supplement because these cords kind of form by themselves or it can be really sneaky and the person that you've cut cords with can actually create a cord to you without your permission and start drawing from you unless you you've caught it you know mm. so and and it could be as simple because i hear it you know oh i can't be around this person they're like they're they're like an energy vampire they're taking all my energy or uh you, you know p- people feel a certain way after investing some time with other people and i think that's what you're, you're talking about it's, it doesn't have to well, be well that's part of it that's yeah. part of it yeah and what you can do is if you recognize somebody as an energy vampire somebody takes your energy and then you are aware and say i'm not going to give them permission to take my energy and then you feel yourself solid and strong so that you're telling so this is the shamanic part is working with your energy field and telling your energy field we are not giving our energy to this person me and my energy field we're not available and then with this in your awareness as you meet them and you Mm. do your thing with them and then you leave they can't take from you because you have not let them but it must be in your awareness until you embody that until it's 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 like you raise your frequency you're above that kind of carry on and it just won't happen anymore but you know energy hygiene for me is vital and we spend a lot of time washing our bodies and you know cleaning our teeth and all of that but we don't spend so much time clearing our energy field and that's why I have my 21 day um, raise your vibration boot camp which I do twice a year to give people tools techniques over the course of 21 days that they can then use for the rest of the year to clean and cleanse their energy field and to make sure that nobody's sneaky sticking petrol pumps in behind you and taking taking your energy from you or that you know what to do when you're going into a room where you know it's going to be difficult how to look after yourself and protect yourself so when you do ask yourself the question okay I'm struggling today's a challenge what can I do to look after me you've got a suite of tools available to you that you can draw from to look after yourself. Mm. I mean, that's really important that we do that in all of the different levels and dimensions that we are because we're multidimensional now. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a friend of mine was saying that when they facilitate a workshop, they protect themselves and then after they finish, they cut the cords because it could be as simple as if your audience really loved the day and they'll just be going home and thinking about and then talking about how great the day was with their partner that's still an energy cord connected to you so they're still drawing energy from you at that deeper level is that correct well it really depends on how you organize yourself absolutely in one way in another way I wouldn't see it for me personally as a cord because I would not allow the cord to be created in the first place so you could imagine that I I live in a castle and the, and the castle is my home, but I would have, let's say, a library where I would meet everybody in the library building and I would open that and facilitate that for the length of the workshop and then I would clear and cleanse that and then I come out of that and then I'm in the castle and people can do what they like, thinking about what they did when they were in the library, but they're just not allowed inside my energy field at all. And for me, it's taken a long time to develop and, and, and grow so that you're able to hold space for that because 
if you go into a, a workshop expecting that you're, you know, the people there are going to create chords, then it's almost as if you're giving them permission to do that. Absolutely. And people want to be dependent on other people. And for me, it's all about empowering them. So I meet them where they are. So you're all responsible adults. You paid the money, you're showing up and, you know, we're connecting in for a few hours and we're disconnecting and we are all aware that we're disconnecting and that's it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's again, it's part of educating what are we actually doing in the energetic levels, understand what's clean and clear and what isn't. You know, I have friends who are like, I can't cut the cord to so and so because I'll be hurting them. I said, actually, you won't be because then you won't be thinking their thoughts. And, you know, because the thoughts come as well as the energy and it influences your everyday you know you could wake up and feel heavy and miserable because you're connected into people who are heavy and miserable and it doesn't do you any favors and it doesn't do them any favors when you realize that there's a beautiful source of healing energy that's not connected to any of us that we can connect into so the source of all reiki the source of all life force you could call it the sun you could call it god you, could, you know whatever you want to call it and if we all go to that source instead of to each other to refresh and revitalize and nourish and heal ourselves and then we support each other and you know we're, we're more buoyant we're more light we 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 have more energy for each other instead of drawing down so oh, i like the look of this one i'm gonna have her energy you know no there's a universal source of unconditional love that's there for everybody and that's where you go Mm. I love the whole piece about your home. Uh, it, it's that it's almost like you've got a sanctuary and it's protected, and only you go in there. But then you can actually step out of your sanctuary into the library. This is where you start connecting with others. Oh, absolutely! But then I would also have a deck in the front, and I would have a garden, and so I could meet <laughs> my family in the garden, yeah. and I can have my my husband. I might invent, you know, invite my husband into the parlor, and there could be a room for the children. But there are sanctuary places inside me that nobody goes into. Mm. And then there, there, then there's the welcome place where, you know, and then I can leave and go and explore and feel safe because people, you know, who are doing all this mindfulness stuff. And, and, and the only way you can really do mindfulness is to be in your body and to be in the moment. And if you don't feel safe in your body and you don't feel safe in the moment, it's probably because your boundaries are shot and there's somebody inside you, you know, your energy, you're not in, there are people, there are other people's energies in your energy field and you, you don't feel like you can relax because you have to clear them out. Mm, I love that. You know, so I'm here to help. There's lots on my website there if anybody mm. needs, you know, to don't feel like you have to continue to live this way. Once you can imagine a clear, strong boundary around you and then you take everything out so that the only thing inside your boundary is you and then you get used to that, then you, you, you start to feel better. Then your soul pieces come back. You see, there's another reason why soul pieces won't come back because your mother is still in your energy field and your mother is the one that did the wounding with the soul piece. And so why would the soul piece want to come back and be with you if your mother's energy is still there? You know, but this isn't logical, is it? So you wouldn't know this in your head that this is what's going on, but energetically that's what's going on. So it's about that spiritual hygiene. You know, when you're in the shower, next time you take a shower, you're washing your body, visualize the water another level of water is crystalline healing energies coming out of the shower washing your energy field clean of anybody else's emotions even the emotions that are just residual anybody else's energy so that you come out of the shower and your body's clean but your energy is also clean 
Mm, But it it doesn't happen unless you decide you want it to happen and then you have to visualize it happening. And that's you telling the landscape of your subconscious mind that this is what we're going to do now. Instead of the dream telling you, look at all the monsters in the basement, which actually translates into everybody else's energies that's in your energy field. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Absolutely. So, So, Abby, as we start wrapping up the show, what would be one piece of advice that you would like to leave for our listeners uh, if they wanted to embark on a new life? What would be one piece? Embark on a new life. Well, to realize that you are you, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter, you know, and, and, and to be nicer to yourself. You know, everything I've mentioned here to, you know, on, on this recording is, is about you making friends with you, meeting yourself where you are. You know, if embarking on something new is exciting and fun, but you don't wake up one day suddenly knowing how to do everything, you know, so be with whatever it is you have to do and say, okay, do I want to learn this? Do, am I good at doing this? Will I get somebody else to do this? Um, and just go with that and, and take it step by step and know that every expert started as a beginner and to give yourself the time and space and, you know, compassion Mm, to move forward at your own pace rather than doing it when you think you should you know because these shoulds we need to just throw them out the window my book how to be well I did a find and replace and I just dumped all of the shoulds the only word shoulds in there is when the client says to me but I should do this that's the only time is in the book That's awesome. So we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, Abby? One word for my personal brand, it has to be compassion. Mm. Yeah. Because enmeshed, enmeshed in compassion is love and understanding. And, you know, and, and, and to me, that's the key. That's the key in love and understanding, softness, you know, and patience. Mm. because we all we all have all the ingredients that we need you know some of the ingredients might be a little bit muddy muddy some of the ingredients might need you know some love and care but we all have everything that we need and it's only with the love and compassion Mm. that we can become the best us that we are that's beautiful and the other thing we always do is we wrap up the show we always love to leave our listeners with three shiny golden nuggets so what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today wow gosh where would I start well I mean whatever resonates with you from what I've said would be I mean I, I don't like to give you know the top tips for things because really everybody's different so mm-hmm. to know where that to know that you're different know catch yourself when you're not being nice to yourself and stop you know you don't 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 give out to yourself because you weren't nice just say i'm i'm not doing this today mm. you know do your spiritual hygiene clear and cleanse your energy field and then the third one would be ask for help if you need help because you don't need to do this on your own Mm. So how does one, because you were talking about loving yourself, and I think that's a really big one. So how does one, as because I, I know I'm sitting here and we talk about it all the time, and I have to be honest, and I can't stand in front of the mirror and totally say I love myself. There's still always a little bit of resistance, so I've still got a fair bit of work. And I know that it's, it's one of those things that I'm constantly working through, and I'm sure most of, most of us are constantly working through something. How does one activate their heart so they can really, truly love themselves? 
But you see, really, truly love themselves. Right in Ireland, where I'm coming, say he loves himself. It's uh, it's not a compliment, <laughs> you know. To me, it's not it's not about actively bringing love in to you. It's about loving the parts of you, the parts of you that are aching. Instead of getting angry with them and intolerant with them, to bring love in t- through you to them, that unconditional source of love that I spoke of earlier, mm. you know, or there's 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 a little baby in you that's throwing a temper tantrum right now because your boyfriend or your husband's doing stuff you didn't want him to do. And you are doing the temper tantrum as the adult, but it's that little child in you that's afraid to be abandoned. You stop and you bring the love in through you and you love that part of you. Mm. I say, look, you didn't get what you needed. And I understand why I'm acting this way. And instead of getting caught up in in the details and the drama, you take a big step back and you breathe and you go, okay, this is my inner child. She's afraid of being abandoned. I'm going to bring some love through me to her. Mm. And it's about realizing that we are not just one thing. We are many aspects of a whole. And it's the aspects of us that are most neglected, most unlistened to, the ones that those are the saboteurs. Those are the ones that are aching. Those are the ones that need the healing and to make the space for that. So you're bringing love through you to them. It's not like you're loving yourself, like you're holding your arms. Oh, I love myself so much. It's not it's not that at all. It's about being kind Mm. to you. It's about accepting you. It doesn't you know, when you look at love as a word it needs to be smashed up and broken up and rewritten so we have 50 different words instead of one because love doesn't encapsulate all of the love that it is and if you're brought up with a conditional love you know if you're good then mommy's gonna love you then you're never going to be able to love yourself if you think that's what love is because Mm -hmm. that's not love that's not love and so I I see the unconditional source of love and bringing it through you, and that's energy healing, you know. And mm. I teach people how to do that, and then that washes you clean. It makes you soft. It gives you that sense of being held, and that's what it's what it's about, you know. Mm, very nurturing, very beautiful. So, Abby, where is the best place for the our listeners to find you? On my website is just look me up on Google, Abby Win. Um, or it's abby-win.com. I have an Instagram, Abby NRG Healing. And I'm also on Facebook, Abby's Energy Healing page. But, you know, just look my name up on Google and there's loads of stuff there about me. So, yes, do connect in. And, and you know, I'd love to hear from you. Mm, and, Abby, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I love the, the conversation. Thank you for your time, your energy, and sharing your wisdom with us. It was wonderful. Oh, I had great fun. Thank you so much for asking me. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au 
and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.